So you're very welcome along to Mental No, you're not. That's the wrong <laughs> podcast. Sorry, that's my other podcast. Oh, you have a fucking, do, yeah. Oh, yeah. I've a got, fucking side gig, yeah. <laughs> cheating bitch. This I've, stank fucking hoes. I've, I've got a psychotherapist on the side. <laughs> 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 cheating on me, man. Cheating this on you bitch. with another therapist. <laughs> Who is cheating it? I demand bitch. to know. <laughs> Tree talk. Mental health. Tree talk. Mental health. Tree talk. Mental Very welcome along to Straight Talking Mental Health. It's the weekly podcast where, if you're a regular listener, you would have heard that we just tackle problems associated with mental health in a very unique way, to say the least. My name is Peter Dunn. My name is Alan Clark. So, the intention is very, very simple. Let's break the stigma around mental health. Let's educate ourselves and educate our friends and family. And if we manage to do that, then maybe we can have more happy people in this world. So you can check out more previous episodes where we dig into the likes of anxiety, suicide, sexual abuse, self-esteem, loneliness. We see the impact of COVID on musicians. We discuss mental health issues in the veterinary industry as well. And we have our in-session podcast where we answer your questions and loads, loads, loads more. So how's that for a botched intro? We'll take it. You're rusty. That's what happens when oh. you take a week off, man. Yeah, yeah. I took a week off. Yeah, look, I, I'm going to hold let's my hands up here. Yeah, yeah I, I, I took I took a week off last week. Um, well, look, for anybody who doesn't know, podcasts are, they're podcasts and they're not a business you're not making money out of, I don't know, actually, you could count We're on We're not making money hand. out of it, should be honest. You know, exactly. And it's <laughs> the majority not, of people don't. No, exactly. Nobody yeah. nobody decides, we're going to sit down and do a podcast, make money out of it. Mm. So um, basically, we do this out of a passion for educating people about mental health, educating ourselves even about mental health and other people. And that's what we want to do. We want to bring it to the masses. And um, I suppose last week, I was just completely overwhelmed in work, uh, work on the side as well and you know a few things happened as well there was a death in the family and uh, one or two other bits and bobs but I was just completely overwhelmed and that's why I said right this week I'm going to take a step back and at the time you know when you're overwhelmed or you're stressed and you go geez this is never going to get any better but you know you make decisions and you say right I'm going to stop doing this I'm going to cut back on this and then two days later you go oh okay well that's fine this has come to an end, this has sorted itself out, or this has passed, and that's it, mm. that's pretty much it, you know. So that's what I had to do, and look, at the end of the day, I love doing this, I love doing this podcast, and I really look forward to it, and uh, it's great to get the response from people when we are putting it out there about different episodes and uh, trying to just break that stigma around mental health. It is great, it's fantastic, and it, there's no money to be made, as I said to you, our reward is just people coming back to us and saying, well done, guys. Really enjoyed that. You're doing a great job. That's it. That's all we want to know. We just want to know people are listening. That's mm. all. You know what I mean? So, you know. Otherwise, it'd just be a phone call. Oh, pretty much. <laughs> a recorded doing, phone call. Yeah. Want to talk about depression? Yeah. All right. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, that's why I kind of took a step back and I said, look, I'm just going to take it handy for a bit. And uh, because it's, it's a lot of work. Like, I remember starting off the podcast I was thinking Grand I'll hit record we'll record this and we'll just put it up and people will listen to it the amount of editing you have to do the amount of um, you know different takes you have to do and you know you have to get pieces from certain parts and piece them together so it makes sense to the listener because sometimes we do have a habit of going off on a bit of a tangent and that's fair enough you know we're, mm-hmm. we're inclined to do that we're all inclined to do that but you know you kind of have to sit down and listen to it two or three times 
at the end of the week, it could cost me about eight hours just editing one podcast. So that's why I said, look, I'm going to have to take a rest here and come back all really refreshed and happy face with shiny cheeks. And uh, as you can see, <laughs> oh, okay, all right. That was this your cue to go. Yes, you're right, Peter. <laughs> okay, yes, yes, yes Peter, absolutely. Yes, you can tell. You can tell that break has done you well. And, you know, yes, yes, you're right. <laughs> um, but uh, look, I do have to say, like, um, definitely, definitely, I got to give a, a big shout out to a few people here who got in touch with us there recently. And mm. as I said to you, our reward is just people getting back to us to say. Fair play to you for doing that. Or it really helped me or it helped somebody. Mm. You know, that's that's it. You, you know. got some, yeah. Yeah. yeah right there, Laura Ledwood got in touch via email and she was just saying, hi guys, just a once off message to yourselves from most passive listeners who very much appreciate the effort you guys put in each week to connect with the wider community on a huge range of topics. You guys are definitely making a difference. I love to listen every week. Keep up the fantastic work. You work brilliantly together. So there you go. That was fantastic. Thanks, Thanks for that, Laura. That was that's amazing. Very Absolutely kind. amazing. Mm. And uh, big shout out as well to uh, Andrew Sharp, who got in touch. And Andrew is a retired psychiatric nurse. And he simply said, best podcast on mental health around you guys are brilliant. Cheers. Yeah. And that's absolutely fantastic. Like, that's yeah, high, high praise. That's someone, absolutely. That's all. To know. That's that's all you want. You just want somebody yeah, to yeah. say, look, you're going the right direction and you're helping somebody. And that's fine. You know, we're not here to make money. And funny enough, myself and yourself, we were chatting there um, yesterday. We were talking about these um, so-called influencers who jumped on the the mental health bandwagon lately. Yeah. You know, these guys that are saying, you know, some people in need of jobs, some people who have been in the limelight in radio and TV who are not doing it anymore. And they go, mm. you know, mental health, that sells lately. I'll do something in that. And uh, that pisses me off. Yeah, me too, man. Me too. You, know, you fucking talk the talk, but you ain't walking the walk, baby. You know, you said it yourself. One of the reasons why you want to do the podcast was because there's so many people putting their hands up going, oh, I know so much about anxiety and depression and everything. And you're mm. going, well, no, for a second, I'm a fucking professional here. I'm going to mm, talk about mm. it. I'm not going to fill people's heads with bullshit. You know, any, anybody can talk about their own experience. But yeah, yeah, when you have yeah. these so-called influencers coming up saying... I know about this. You know, that's yeah, wrong information. Grinds my gears. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Actually, I was thinking, I was thinking about that. Uh, I, I was having a, had a, had a thought today. Ah, oh, thought. <laughs> have them now and again. You, know, <laughs> you, you might have, you might have fucking heard a bang. <laughs> that was me having a thought. Is that not uh, G coming out of lockdown? No. Yeah, we're, about, we're fucking back, man. <laughs> we are back. Fucking the K-Town. And the fucking thoroughbred, the thoroughbred county were back. <laughs> Sorry, I, I distracted daughters. you. You had a thought. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> I had a thought yeah. See, there you go. <laughs> no, I was thinking, um, you know, we were doing what, what's been grinding your gears, but I was, I was thinking of, of an alternative of what's made you smile and what's got you riled. Smile and rile. Lovely. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. I was going for the rapping thing. I was going for, I was going for the rhyme. Yeah, 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 yeah. What's got you smile? What's got you smile? What's got you riled? So yeah, yeah, that that has always got me riled. Fucking so-called influencers, serious fucking quotation marks uh, mm. around that, and um, yeah, claiming to be experts and you know, as you said, yeah, it's all well and good to talk about your own experience, but that doesn't cover everyone. Doesn't make you a healer. No. Doesn't make you a no. therapist or a counselor. No, 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 mm. and that's that's the difference, you know. You know, I've studied this, and thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of client hours. Yeah, that's that's what you don't get. 
when mm. you're when you're only talking about your own experience. Yeah. And I I learn not a lot of my learning comes from comes from clients. You know, they're telling me things, and I'm like, oh. And then you hear someone else going, and you're like, oh. So then you can ask the third person, well, have you ever found da 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 da? da? Mm. And like, oh yeah, actually. So that's that hasn't come from a book. That's come from the people experience. Yeah, yeah. From a client saying something, another client saying something, and you know, so I I take so much I take so much learning from them. Mm, true. You know, and, and, and I, I've mentioned on the podcast whenever someone gives me something good, I say I'm robbing that, mm. <laughs> and I'll flat out tell them, and then I'll always get, I'll always say, oh, I got this from a client, or you know, such and such. Mm. That's what you don't get when you're when you're an influencer. Yeah. Mm. Um, look, I just say, you know, man, I'm fucking bitter. I really am. I really am bitter <laughs> about this kind of stuff, like because these fucking people can do a lot of damage, man. Yeah, that's what I was you just going to say to you. That's what pisses I mean, me fucking off. Like It's the damage, yeah. It's the damage yeah. where people are saying you should do this and should do that or whatever. Yeah, like, yeah, Look, yeah. to be honest with you, if I ran a marathon, it doesn't make me a trainer. It just yeah. means that I managed to do something myself. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that it's a, a one-size-fits-all for mm-hmm. everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, I managed to do it. It doesn't mean I'm the expert. You know. Yeah. But if I've worked with hundreds and hundreds of athletes... And I've helped them to do it. Then I'm a trainer. <laughs> you yeah, know what I mean? Then, then you can speak with some authority. Absolutely. You know. Yeah. Mm. We got another, we got, uh, you mentioned a couple of emails we got there. We got uh, uh, someone slid into the DMs on Instagram. Oh, lovely. We're down with the kids. Sliding into the DMs. Sliding. You know? Sliding. Yeah, we got, um, hey lads, just wanted to say, really enjoying the podcast, particularly today's episode with Flip. We got DJ Flip on, aka Ronan Carney, on the last episode, talking about the impact of COVID on on his career, or no career as it stands at the moment. Uh, so, hey lads, just wanted to say, really enjoying the podcast, particularly today's episode with Flip. I shared it there earlier on my Facebook. You're both so open with such heavy topics that it makes it accessible and constructive for most people to relate to and take on board. I wish us all the best with it. Fellow fella Irish hip hopper, deep reasoning. Oh, good so man. You can check him, you can check him out on, on, on the gram. Brilliant. As the kids say, on the gram. I was in getting my hair cut the other day. You can't see it in, no, in this yeah, light. I was back in the barbers yeah, yeah. with all the hip hoppers, the young lads that I've oh, been schooling. Lads, yeah. I was in there and your man goes, Oh, I'm listening to a lot of KRS1 now. I'm like, Yes, man. That's how you fucking do it. <laughs> now we're talking. Now we're talking. Do you, but, know, uh, do you know what actually happened there? I hear, Fuck that old fella's coming in there. Who was yeah, your man? Yeah. He was on it. Was it KR? <laughs> yeah, just tell him that. He'd be grand. <laughs> yeah, so. Hey, you. You don't know shit about him. <laughs> back in my day. Back in my day. <laughs> Y'all little motherfuckers. <laughs> Y'all don't know fucking shit about shit. <laughs> like fucking uh, Redman, Uncle Quilly. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uncle Quilly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but um, so one of the other lads was cutting one of the hair and he says to the youngest, says, Oh, can I, can I get a picture? And he gets the light out and all of this kind of thing. I was like, Oh, that's for the gram, is it? He goes, Yeah, yeah, put it up on the gram. And I was finished. And I said to your man, He goes, Oh, yeah, you don't bother with the fucking outlet. This motherfucker's too fucking old. I'm not putting him on Instagram. Or he, he, I said, Either that or you're not cutting my fucking hair well enough. So you may have a think about it <laughs> that is not worthy of the gram. So <laughs> if that's the fucking case. <laughs> Wouldn't be a fucker if they did take it and you're on Instagram and it said, you know, pensioners half price of a Thursday. And you go, what? Bastards. Licking <laughs> shits with your skeptics and your fucking whoever else. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, I yeah. got the fresh fade. I got the skin fade. I like it in the old skin fade. So, do you go in and ask for a skin fade? Yeah, yeah. I yeah. asked for a two in one. Two and one, right? Two and one, yeah. <laughs> no, it's a, a one blade to a two blade to a trim on top. No. I'm not down with the kids. I got the skin fade and the fucking... It, the, the, it's the it's all I know. Thing. It's all I know. Yeah, so yeah. I go in and get, ah, get a two and one off you. And one of the lads in there one day went, a what? You want a what? I went, uh, 
just tight here. Ah, what are you asking? I do know what it is. Yeah, <laughs> you bastard. Because yeah. <laughs> they got to stay down with the kids, man. Mm, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Speaking of kids, how how's all in how's all in your house? Yeah, all good, all good. Happy out. Um, uh, and new to report. No, no, no. Uh, back to preschool, back to crash. Your little man started school. How did that uh, go? Start tomorrow. Got oh, yeah, James. James nice. is starting school tomorrow. So brilliant. Knowing full well, I won't sleep tonight. Because I'll be a fucking afraid I'll sleep it out of the drive to Tallop oh, in the morning. Make sure I leave early. Don't want to fucking risk missing his first day at school. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so that's that's what I face tonight. So I'd say it'd be it'd be grand. Yeah, I'd be, be okay. I think Whether we I will or not, now I don't know. <laughs> now we overthink it as parents. You know what I mean? Yeah, because yeah. we uh, yeah. like. Do you remember your first day of school? I've been told about it. Now, um, it probably was a hedge school, but, you know, after that... Fuck like, off. <laughs> <laughs> Tell you now. I'm telling you, me fucking buck up. I've got a few fucking, fucking take you down now, yeah? Now. Yeah, yeah, you keep fucking poking the bear, man. You keep fucking poking the bear. We'll fucking jump on you. Yeah. Um, no, I don't I remember, think- but that the story has gone that I was grand walking into the school and the mother was in tears. Yeah, that's the story about my first day of school. I remember probably not the first day, but I definitely remember a day in babies in 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 junior infants. Yeah. What are you doing? You get on to me for being fucking old. At least I can get out with jumper, man. P has been spent the last fucking two and a half hours there trying to take a jumper off. Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) What's on on the t-shirt? Headed to Cali. All right. Yeah, I I just like the t-shirt. Going, going back. Back Galley, I often notice when you're in America, people like to comment on what says what is said on your clothes yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like I was wearing this in in Vegas, and some guy goes up to me, and goes, "What? Yeah, why do you want a good Cali? It's great here." And walks away. And like, <laughs> I remember when I remember when I was in New York and I had the Jets American football jersey on, and some dude stopped at the at the stoplight, and some dude got, well, I can't remember who it was. We change the story. We'll imagine that I had a, a Patriots jersey and I had Brady on the back. And a man comes up to me and goes, "Man, fucking Brady sucks. The fuck are you doing wearing that? Brady fucking sucks." <laughs> like, okay, welcome to New York. <laughs> Remember, we were in yeah, we were in New York heading up the Empire State Building, and I got myself a T-shirt there. I thought it was cool. It was a great T-shirt with the um, you know the guy from the Monopoly board, the the policeman, whistling the mouth, need a finger up, and it says, "Go to jail." Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, we're in the elevator going up, and there was a guy who's assisting you going up the elevator. You know, yeah, the guy yeah. just paid to push buttons, and the door is closed. And he looked around and he went, "Go to jail, man! I've been to jail, and I ain't going back." What the fuck? <laughs> I don't say, man. You're wearing the fucking. You gotta, you gotta know where to wear the shit. <laughs> Oh shit! But no, I think we we overthink first days of school. You know? Yeah, no, no, he, we he, worry he, too much. But kids, kids yeah, I, I don't know if I will be, but he 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 will be. He's only yeah. in for an hour and a half anyway, so yeah, yeah, it's not too bad. So I took him down to Schlegel. We we're back down to Schlegel. Oh, very good for the weekend. Broke lockdown. Didn't give a flying fuck. No guards uh, stop you on the way, or no, 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 yeah. no, no, nothing. I was like, I was just fucking sake of it. I was like, this is it. This is the end of the summer. Can't fucking do anything. Um. The whole time kept me distance, social distance, masks, hand sanitizer, not going anywhere, not seeing anyone. And I was like, fuck that shit. I'm bringing them away. I'm bringing them away for the weekend. So we went down to Schlegel mm. 
for the uh, for the weekend. It was a nice, nice, nice day. Brought him to uh, Ealing Around, I think it's called. It's like a sanctuary for eagles and hawks and all oh, these birds right. of prey and stuff like that. I know, I no fucking interest. Give a shit. Yeah. <laughs> we went around, we looked at the birds, and he was grand. But they started putting on the show then, so they put the glove on, and the the fucking the birds would whiz past your head up to the next guy with the glove on and mm. stuff like that. And we're like, oh, James, that's deadly, and that's deadly. You know what he wanted to do? Climb a fucking rock, man. Yeah, <laughs> that's all yeah. he wanted. I just want to climb that rock. It's <laughs> like for, for your little bollocks. You're gonna save me fucking twenty five quid. I could. We're in fucking Schlego. There's loads of mountains and yeah. rocks fucking everywhere. <laughs> There's a big, big one called it. Ben. He could have climbed that. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Two I days. fuck. I love Ben Bulba, man. So no, it's one of those things in Ireland that I absolutely fucking adore. You nearly have to do a double take and go. Is, is that, the sight of it? Is that Ireland oh, or is it? Yeah, you know, it could be like. Australia you know oh, it's a, a just like I, I just love it I know it's just a lot of fucking rock but mm. just every time I see it, I was saying to my friend Karen we, I said look I'm going down that far if you're around we, you know we, we'll meet up or whatever I said oh no I'm going to meet you and I was like I said I just I, I never tire of it I said you're probably sick of looking at it <laughs> yeah, you see it you see it every day but when you come from Galare where you've no fucking it's flat it's flatland and cheap saying Galare yeah. flat how lad it's flat there's no water. There's no fucking rocks. <laughs> and then you see this thing and it's like, oh, I just, I just fucking love it. Mm. That's what gets me going. A fucking rock. <laughs> a rock. Jesus So Christ. that's where James gets it from, clearly. <laughs> I want to climb that rock. <laughs> the fucking thing is about four foot. Like, it's like, seriously, yeah. that's all you want to do. Just that sense of mastery. You know, it's that achievement of climbing it and getting to the top. Well, you see, it's their imagination to have as well that yeah, we don't yeah, have. Yeah. They can look yeah. at that and that's like, He's a giant conquering a yeah. fucking a cliff. You know what I mean? Yeah. We just see a, a lump in the ground and go, oh, come on, jeez. Yeah. But, you know, you know, we had the same when we went to Waterford. You know, the kids had more fun playing with stones on the beach. Little lad yeah. just wanted to put them in his pocket. That was it. Yeah. <laughs> Did you know he to try and drag him away from that was effort you know yeah, we, uh, he, he found so James, he has asthma so I have to bring a little bag everywhere we go that has his inhaler in it in oh, case yeah. he needs it and stuff. And there was this thing that he got out of uh, like uh, the fuck do you call them? You put the you put a, a euro in it, you turn it, and you get a ball. Oh yeah, and it'll have like a bouncy ball or something in it. But it was this like um, rubber thing on the uh, stretchy fucking thing. It was like it looks like a like an octopus kind of thing, real rubbery kind of thing, and you can kind of ping it like a yo-yo, and obviously it's it's on a rubber band and it comes mm. back. Jesus, the crack we got out with that. Yeah. <laughs> I go, I'm to I was like, I'm after paying the fucking fund this money for a fucking hotel. I'm after bringing them to this place. And what's he playing with? A fucking one euro of rubber yoke that we're firing at each other across the hotel room. <laughs> a ball and a string. That's unreal. Isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's like, holy <laughs> shit. He has it fucking sussed. Yeah. He has it so I'm like, I great crack out. Yeah. And then a fair play. No, I have to give a shout out to Connor, the, the manager down in the. Clayton Hotel hooked us up in a very nice room and he put a tent in the in the room for James. Ah, oh, that's lovely touch. And he, and he slept in the tent the first night. I couldn't wait to get into it. He fucking loved that's it. That's brilliant. And then I, then I said to him yeah. on the Saturday, I said, uh, you sleeping in the tent tonight or do you want to sleep in my daddy? I'll sleep in my daddy. I was like, yeah, that's the fucking novelty and wear off, all right. <laughs> so we went down swimming and stuff like that. Brilliant, good. yeah. Nice, that's so a that's, great that, idea. That, that, that was basically me. Yeah. Yeah. You could even oh, get a mattress, you know, the the single bed mattress that comes mm. in the hotel room. Fire it on the ground, throw the bloody tent on it. Yeah. yeah that's nice. a, just, I'm going to rob that idea. Yeah, I'm going to straight out tent. rob that. Yeah, yeah. Pop up <laughs> tent. 
Fresh Duve, fresh Bella. Yeah. He fucking loved it. Brilliant. Once we came, I was like, buddy, I'm hanging out with this. Like, yeah. I'm like, fuck <laughs> yeah. that shit. I'm after coming this far. I'm sleeping in that big ass bed. Like, <laughs> you're on your own in there, bud. <laughs> Just, it's a great idea. Absolutely brilliant. Mm. Mm. So thanks to Connor down in the down at Clayton Hotel down in down in Schlegel. Mm. Nice one. Nice mm. one. Um, so this week we're going to straight talk about therapy because basically we have a lot of different episodes out there about, you know, depression, self-esteem, loneliness, loads and loads of stuff. And, you know, it just occurred to me there recently, we often talk about, you know, if you get to this stage, you need therapy or you need to talk to a therapist or a counsellor or whatever. But it's a bigger step than we think going from, hold on, I think of a problem to I need to find a therapist or a counsellor or whatever. And um, it's just something I think we need to uh, we need to address. So basically, if there's somebody listening to this right now who's going, okay, I think I need to talk to somebody. What do they do? What's the next step? Do you Google somebody? Do you yellow you pages it? Or <laughs> <laughs> Don't bother trying to rest. Go for the best, baby. <laughs> it's just one big ad, basically. <laughs> Why do you think I do this fucking podcast, man? Flogging, flogging my wares. I haven't, You're, actually. I've we, never we actually to... flogged my, my own personal wares. That's true, actually. Yeah, yeah. On, on the yeah. podcast, yeah. We, we need to come up with a jingle for you or something like that. Um... <laughs> I don't know. Um, the rest of them are fucking shit. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't rhyme, <laughs> though. Like you know, for, for, for two rappers put together, we should be able to come up with a jingle or something. If, you, if you're you in bits, I mean? don't settle for shit. Ah, bits and shit. No, you're using your poetic license there. you got about, yeah. you got about 12 penalty points of that license now at this stage dude you I uh, hear, hear, uh, hear me bollocks <laughs> hear me I used, to work, I used to work with an outlet years ago and his famous saying was Amy cunt <laughs> Amy cunt come here he'd be down the middle of the warehouse and where I used to work there'd be all the different aisles and you know you'd have one one like, these were huge fucking fork trucks the whole you rose up into the whole thing like you know mm. uh, these were mega mega books and uh, so every uh, every two or three aisles had one, so you'd be responsible for that part of the warehouse. And uh, sometimes you're like, ah, oh, fuck it, I'm not, I'm not reversing my truck out to go down mm. that aisle, and you might jump into one of the other trucks, and you'd be down, you could be 20, 30 fucking feet meters down in the in the in the aisle, and all here was old Sean Fitz, Amy cunt, get back <laughs> up here, <laughs> and then I I died down, but or his other one was, <laughs> he was a funny old fucker. He said, "Well, how do we get? Yeah, were you Nedian? Were you? <laughs> or, were you or what? Were you, pa- were you Nedian? Nedian? <laughs> were you riding like? <laughs> oh, I never heard so, that term we're, before. We're, yeah, yeah. Well, this, is, this is obviously a Sean Fitz specialty. So he said, were you Nedian or were you Palmin? <laughs> oh, <yeah>. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So a- Amy Cunt on the fucking uh, you with the with with Fionn and mm. more beats and more bars and and more keys and." No, no, I'm I'm been put in the spot here, you know. So I'm thinking more like, <laughs> you know, you need to chickity check your head before you wreck your head or something. I don't know. What do you think? Check a bit of a jingle. Head, yeah. 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 Uh, chickity check let's, your head um, before let's, you wreck your um, head. Yeah, no, I think I, I think I'm gonna put that one out to tender now. Mm. <laughs> what we're, else we're, could in, we we're interviewing other other potential uh, uh production. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I came in the door. I said it before. I'll never let anxiety agnetize me no more. That's a, a hip hop quote for all you. For all I, you I, I don't know if it, I don't know if it fits in with my my Art Deco um, uh, logo and, and typeface and 
uh, my corporate identity. You need to you need to get yourself a Wu Tang bat. I redesigned the uh, the the corporate identity for the for the business. So mm. it's a very I, what I think is a very nice art deco. Very good. Stick it up and, on the page. Share it. Yeah, yeah. Share your yeah. wares. We'll have a look at us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, so what do you do? Like, you know, how do you go from I need help to getting help? Yeah, well, you know, Google, man. Good old fucking Google. Really? That's, that's Is there I, like yeah. a directory of yeah, counsellors or counsellors? You know, count, Google will give you counsellors near me. But, and I had the caveat, there's a lot of shit therapists out there, man. I was just going to say, how do you choose your therapist? Yeah, yeah, there's, there's shit doctors, there's shit therapists, there's shit electricians, there's shit plumbers. Mm. There's, there's shit in every, in every, in every trade. So one, one of the things you can do is you can go on to the... Um, okay, well, let, let, let's talk about therapy for starters anyway. First thing to know about therapy is it is not state regulated. So you can set yourself up in the morning, Peter Dunn, psychotherapist, or Peter Dunn, counsellor, um, and there's nothing to stop you from That's doing crazy. That. Yeah, That's that absolutely is fucking crazy. shocking. This is, and this is where I have my issues with influencers and all these kind mm. of things. Um, um, so what, the, 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 there's a couple of different kind of regulatory bodies. They're not, they're not state. Now, it's coming in under KORU. So KORU, uh, kind of, they are the state uh, regulatory body that which will say that you can call yourself this, you can't call yourself that. Mm. If you do try and call yourself that, we're going to fucking find you. We're going to publish you in the local newspapers. Is this only from a, um, uh, like a medical point of view or is it from any trade? No, not that they're covering. So recently with Koru, I've seen something from them. Um, so they've been talking about regulating, uh, government regulation of, of therapy for 20 or 30 years. And it's only <laughs> just been going, okay, Koru have kind of come along and go, okay, yeah, we're, go- we're going to manage that. And it's still in discussion. It's, there's still nothing... Mm. Still nothing set in stone about it. So what they did, um, so they had a recent thing that there was two, uh, I think they were calling themselves speech therapists or occupational therapists or something like that. Speech oh, therapists, I think. Oh, yes, but they were core. using, yeah, they were using. They were, they were calling themselves, we'd say a speech therapist or whatever it is like that. But were they not using initials and the end of their name that they shouldn't have been using? Well, they were, well, they were calling themselves this thing, this thread, now whether it was the initials or mm. it, it was the title. So, a title and stuff will be will be protected mm. so that you can't go out and call yourself Peter Dunn psychotherapist or Peter Dunn counsellor mm. but that's that's a ways off yet there's there's nothing happening there's nothing Jeez. happening there they're still uh, so they, they're coming out saying that um, there there is a difference between a psychotherapist and a counsellor so I would I would always call myself a psychotherapist People people use the use the term interchangeably. Psychotherapist, like counselor. Are you going for counselling? Are you going for therapy? Mm. Um, and and to differentiate then, so generally, gen- generally, counselling tends to deal with stuff in the here and now. Okay, uh, like so what? let's let's imagine let's let's imagine you come in, you go to therapy because you've had a breakup. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, counselling will will deal with you'll deal with the breakup in the. In the here and now, psychotherapy tends to look at things a little bit, uh, a little bit deeper. So you may be looking at okay, these patterns of relationships that you found yourself in. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, you find yourself attracted to a particular type of man or you're always the one that gets dumped or stuff like that. You know, you're kind of looking at it in depth of going, well, actually, yeah, there's yeah, a little bit of a there, passion yeah. of this. There's a passion of you finding yourself in a relationship with abusive men uh, who end up cheating on you and who end up dumping you or something like that. Mm. And usually what you find in that is, well, my father cheated on my mother. Uh, they they had a violent relationship. Things things like that. Okay. You know, yeah. When you look at it in depth, so you, you you start to bring awareness of that of going, well, okay, next time, what what red flags do we need to be looking out for? Mm. The next time you hook up with some lad off Tinder and you have a few dates, so you you look at it a little bit more depth or anxiety, where you, you know you again you get down to the to, to the root of it, whereas counsel might just deal with it in the here and now. If we're all okay, let's. Let's utilize some uh, breathing mm-hmm. techniques, um, or you know, let's use some CBT stuff like that, rather than getting down to the to the root cause. So, what other examples um, would a counselor cover? Well, you cover anything. I mean, you know, you know, from, from going for yourself for 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 last week, uh, grief. You know, whether it's loss, whether it's depression, anxiety, existential. Uh, stuff uh, but with depression and anxiety would you not need a psychotherapist to dig a little bit deeper yeah you probably would now look it seems to be a fine line between the counsellor yeah, and the psychotherapist yeah, yeah you know I mean, like would a counsellor no, no, go I, oh man I can't deal with this You, I'm going to refer you to somebody no usually you know usually it'd be kind of kind of difference of going to your GP versus going to a consultant or a specialist your GP is going to have Knowledge in a in a broad range of areas, basic knowledge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now that's not to say a psychotherapy will have a psychotherapist will have necessarily more knowledge around certain subjects. Mm. Myself, I uh, and as as you would have heard on the previous episodes, I have a lot of interest in neuroscience. So that's you know I would I would look at training specifically in that area, trauma. Uh, they would be. Uh, the kind of areas of interest most for myself so I would do a lot of additional training mm. in that or someone else they might not necessarily be, be as interested in, in, in that field they might be uh, more interested in holistic sort of stuff So how do you um, find that out? I mean if you were searching for um, a counsellor or a psychotherapist mm. would you normally advertise yourself as somebody who you know specifically deals with depression or anxiety or something like that or yeah, so that you've, you've done a, a master's in this or you've done your mm-hmm. you know so okay so as you say we go off on tangents but that's that's good because it you know it opens it up into different places so where to look so that brought us into okay it's not government regulated it's not state mm-hmm. regulated so where do you look so the two uh, two probably the two biggest websites that you could look at is one is the IACP of which I am a member so that's the Irish Association of Counselors and Psychotherapists for the likes of me especially not worth fuck all it's a waste of 300 euros a year but you kind of have to be registered with someone I know what, what you I mean, get yeah. for, for what I get for 300 euros a year is I get four fucking copies of uh, the Irish Journal of Counseling and Psychotherapy that's about all I get for 300 euros a year <laughs> And I get it, to be able to put MIACP on, on... It's a directory, though, is it? When somebody yeah, goes so online, you, you can see you go on to their Alan Clark is in Kildare. Yeah, so you go onto, your, okay. go onto their website, click into your area, Kildare. That'll bring up a list of therapists. Underneath that... Hang on, just let me look onto the website here just to make sure that mm. they still have stuff like that. Um, yeah, so you go onto the, the IACP website. 
ASCP.ie um, and you go find a therapist. So let's go, I'm in Kildare. Let's just search Kildare here. So you go into the drop down menu. So it has find a therapist. And then under this, which is which is pretty good, this is this is a new thing. So all therapeutic services, or you can click into it and you look for abuse, AD, ADD, ADHD, addiction, adoption, AIDS, anxiety, Asperger's, bereavement. So you can you can narrow it down. That's into, a lot of A's. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, it's alphabetical. <laughs> I was just so going to say, my which, goodness. Which like, go down to self-esteem, right self-harm, sex-related yeah. issues, sexual orientation. So will you kind of upload your details as a psychotherapist and go, I yeah. specialize in these, 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 and they'll go, right, well, there you yeah. go. There's, so so okay. take, for example, That's so you're not going to find much information on my website on addiction. Well, actually, there is there is a bit around sex addiction because I had uh, I had specifically done training in that because uh, and, and I'll tell you why because I thought well oh this is a, obviously it's it's a, it's going to be a big thing you've got pornography addiction with the internet and sex addiction and stuff like that but and I thought oh well you know it's good to good to specialize in this area but people don't present because they're filled with shame <laughs> so they don't uh, they tend not to look for it okay right yeah. So now I've had one or two people specifically come with with sexual addiction, mm. and one or two others that came in for something else. But it transpired that there was sexual addiction there. Okay, right. But I wouldn't. Uh, I I I don't. I don't actively work with active addicts. Okay. Because for a very simple reason, they're very unreliable. They tend not to show, and. Well, who would you rather spend 60 euros on? Me or 60 euros worth of drink or 60 euros worth of coke mm, or right, 60 okay. euros worth of weed? Yeah. So more often than not, I'm I'm <laughs> I'm not the first choice. Right. And th- because th- ter- therapy question. is hard. It was another question I was going to ask you. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Is it expensive? Because I always imagine it to be really expensive. Mm. Yeah, it can be. Well, I mean, let's look at the lower end. So on the lower end, you've got, uh, you've got low cost counselling. So that's where... Um, you know, you will be your therapist will be a, a trainee, a trainee therapist uh, who are doing their their clinical placement. So as part of my training, then I had to do uh, hundred hours, hundred hours of clinical placement. Right. Uh, so, so it's nearly paid. like your your trainee barber. You're taking a chance, but it's it's cheap. No, no, no. You, you wouldn't be taking a chance now. I mean, they're not just fucking let loose. Like they've had they've had training. You know, okay. had. A year, of, a year or two of training, um, but they are a trainee, and you're not going to get what you're going to get with myself or someone else. Years and years of experience, mm. or you know, qualification to a degree or qualification to a master's. Um, so, and and it's not to, it's not to uh, it's not to shine a bad light on as as my own light goes off. It's not <laughs> to shine a bad light on trainee therapists, but you kind of get what you kind of get what you pay for. They're, they're trainees. They're still learning now. They have to. They still have to have supervision, so their their supervision ratio is one to five. So you know, there's a lot of supervision. So them, if they're struggling, they go to their their own supervisor and go, "Okay, I had Peter in there during the week. Uh, his his cousins after dying, uh, and I'm I'm really struggling with that." Well, okay, well, what you know, your supervisor then might okay. provide something, or you know, or the the therapist might be going in and going. You know, like Peter in there, his cousin died. My cousin only died last month. Like, I, I don't know if I can, I don't know if I can handle this. Okay, right. You know, should I refer on? Stuff like that. You mm. know, so the supervisor is there as a, 
uh, a kind of safety net. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So what what changes then is um, the, the ratio. So when you're pre-accredited, so so you're 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 doing your training. That's where you get your low cost counselling. Now that can range from anything from zero to twenty euros, something like that per session, which is yeah, an hour or so. A, yeah, you might be going to a charity. Yeah, okay. usually between between forty five minutes and an hour. Uh, I I I do fifty minutes. Um, so that's that's what you're going to pay for for that individual because you're, you're going to a, a trainee who's doing their clinical placement. Uh, so then after you graduate, so whether you do your diploma or whether you do your degree again. As this isn't regulated at the moment, uh, but the, what the talk is now is that you will have to be accredited to degree. Uh, you will have to have a degree uh, rather than a diploma. Now, people that have been practicing with diplomas or stuff like that, uh, they will get in under, uh, I think they're calling it a grandfather clause. Oh, right. So you yeah. Know, yeah. yeah you've yeah. been at it for so long, kind of thing. So then, before you're accredited with the IACP or IAHIP, is the other one, IAHIP, which is the Irish Association of humanistic and integrative psychotherapists okay. so them and the ISEP the Irish Association of Counselors and Psychotherapists they're, they're probably the two the two biggest ones mm. then you've got addiction specialists you, there's just fucking many of them as, yeah, as, yeah. You, as you want like you know someone goes okay well we're going to be you know mm. we're going to be the Irish Association of uh, Mental Health Podcasts you know and, and, and I like it up. I like that term yeah. Yeah. very good <laughs> It can be me copyright, and you there, and my other podcast on the side and, uh, you know, it'd be Ooh. great. Yeah, we can we can monopolize the whole thing. You and your fucking side bit. <laughs> <laughs> Going out for fucking beef burgers when you got fucking steak at home, man. Dude, you're on lockdown. What could I do? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all right, all right. Yeah, needs, get into you know, you man, get a man has me. needs. A man has needs. <laughs> so basically, I go on this website. Yeah. Um, you know, so I if, just, if you're I looking for low-cost, just, just Google low-cost mm. counselling. Okay. Okay. You're going to, it's going to be with a student. Uh, it's going to be someone doing their clinical placement, and it's that's that's going to be be low okay. cost. Usually, your costs range from for a qualified therapist ranging from forty euros to seventy seventy five euros. Mm. What do you charge? I've heard fucking people paying hundred and twenty euros. For oh sure. wow! Yeah, mm. that's fucking that's ridiculous. Like, uh, I charge sixty, so my fee is sixty euros. Right. Okay. Yeah. I could charge more. Uh, I used to charge 50 then when I did a master's but the reason I don't charge more is I and look 60 euros is a lot of money you know it's a mm-hmm. lot of money for people the reason I don't charge more is I try to make it as accessible as possible mm. um, and I do offer a sliding scale so many therapists offer uh, what's called a sliding scale where where the fee is from X to X so depending okay. on depending on what you can afford right so I, if I, I keep, say to uh, you uh I'm going to be in here or you tell me you're going to be in here for the next three, four months. Would you say start off at 60 and we can kind of work down? No, no. It, it would usually be someone that's out of work. Uh, someone, you know, struggling financially. Okay. Um, right. So, good so my own, my, my own sliding scale then is between 40 euros and 60 euros. Okay. And I will leave it up to the person to decide what they can afford. Obviously, mm. the majority of people say 40 euros. Yeah, <laughs> um, but you know, you just try and you try and take it into consideration. Mm. So, you know, I, I, I obviously I still need to run a business, so of course, I yeah, keep, you I keep a small number yeah. of those, and they're they're usually filled. Um, okay, you know, if you want to go on a waiting list, they're going to be waiting. Right. Um, yeah, yeah. So you know, it can be no harm when you're looking around for therapists. See who offer at a sliding scale. I think even on the IACP website, 
you know, it has fee between X amount stuff, etc., etc. So you mm. will see, you will see the fee. Um, yeah, so there, look, as I, as I click into to one of them, so fee, 70 euros fee, 50 euros fee, 60. Mm. Uh, here's one there, no charges. Um, 70 for adults, 75 for adolescents. Oh. Nego- and, and negotiable, 40 euros negotiable. Um, 35 euros negotiable. Um, you know, and that's, that's the kind of thing as well. I remember... I remember when I did, I remember when I did my degree and I met uh, someone afterwards. Oh, I don't, I did, uh, I did my diploma. So your diploma is your straight three years. And then the fourth year for your degree was you had a couple of uh, elective modules and then you had your thesis. Um, So the end of third year was probably going to be your last time all being in the same class because other people will be doing Mm. specific areas so for example i did the, the sexual addiction as as an elective module um for for my degree but i remember being at a, at a workshop and i met someone uh, who had been in my class and she says oh what are you doing i says oh i'm after i'm after going into private practice it's it, it's taken off you know i was working toward accreditation um and she says what are you charging and i said well 50 is your sort of your, your standard sort of price is the way what you mm. charge it's like a tenner i was like a tenner wow i was like what the fuck? Why are you? Why are you? It's like, oh well, you know, I'm trying to make it affordable for people. It's like, yeah, but that's what low cost counseling is for. And the reason I would, the, the the reason I talk about this is, well, if you advertise your services for a tenner and I'm advertising mine for sixty euros, well, who are you going to think is better? Of course, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're going to yeah. take it that you get you get what you pay for. Hmm. Um. Now look, admirable, but I would also say, well, what value are you putting on yourself? Just gonna say, and yeah, yeah, time, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, yeah. That, that, like that, literally wouldn't be worth your time. But you have to think about your time when you're not working as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know yeah. the the times when people have been cancelled on you, yeah, or yeah. the times where you have so, gaps to fill. You do have yeah. to put a certain percentage on one side to to fill them, and yeah. obviously you have paperwork to do. You do case studies, and yeah. you know you write up reports on people and that as well. So you know the, it's a lot of behind the scenes work. Yeah, yeah. And like I have a there. so I have a forty eight hour cancellation policy. Which I which I enforce, um, and the reason why, and people might say, well, why should I pay for a fucking someone? I didn't I didn't turn up like exactly because <laughs> you did. Yeah, turn you up. were waiting there. Yeah, the, like the amount of times, and and the problem the problem with therapy is a lot of people they don't even value it. People going don't even value it. You know, what do you mean they don't that's, value it? They, they, they don't they don't value it. That's sixty euros. Right? I'm not fucking paying sixty euros this week, like particularly you know when you're dealing with addicts and stuff like that. 50 okay. fucking euros 40 euros 60 euros as you say when they're <laughs> that gets me when a head taking, fucking yeah, cans like get 40 you know. bottles for 60 quid there you go yeah. you know. so Sorry. so what, what you're paying for bottles. with that yeah there you yeah, go yeah. So yeah. What, not bad now that you put it that way that's not bad <laughs> there you go I'm out of fucking work that's me out of work <laughs> but the, the reason for that and this is this is where I, I, I questioned that individual who was charging the 10 that's 10 euros so all in all, I reckon, you know, when I've totaled up college fees, books, travel, personal therapy as part mm. of my training, supervision, uh, additional training, probably looking at the guts of 50 grand. That you would have spent on your yeah. Yeah. education and your own yeah. therapy. Yeah, everything. On, on college fees, books, additional training, personal therapy supervision as all part of that just as part of my training but mm-hmm. now, now I mean I, I've been seven years you know that's that's up to a master's level 
that has to be recouped. <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and 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 here, here's the thing as well. So every every year I have to do thirty years of um, thirty years. Fucking feels like thirty years. <laughs> thirty hours of CPD, which is continued professional development. So this is the good thing as well is that you know you have to keep training. Mm. You can't just have done a fucking an old certificate course yeah, back there yeah, in 1984, yeah. like yeah, no, I like grand. That, yeah. You know, you got to be, you got to keep on top of it. So what I always get every fucking time I go somewhere, man, I get hijacked because people find out I'm in full time private practice because the majority of therapists aren't. That's a bizarre one to me that yeah. the majority of them aren't the majority of them yeah. work a yeah. full-time job and do this part-time or do yeah. it on the side or whatever yeah that's, yeah yeah that's so they might bizarre. do they might do a few hours in a, in a center um and then see a couple of private clients stuff like that now why is but that I, is it is it a very expensive it's, it's business not, to run it, well it's it's not only that it takes a lot to, to make that business work mm. you know it's um it's it's something that you have to be good at Mm-hmm. You know, you have to know how to work it as a business. And and this is the thing. I mean, I, re- I remember, uh, actually, I was, at a, I was at a conference before and this guy called David Ballin, he really wrote a book called Psy- Attachment and Psychotherapy. And he was an American and he had the ponytail. He was real counterculture. Yeah, man, and, you know, and I'm in my band and me and my guys, we jam out and he'd be giving it all this night. And some, someone asked him, um, and this, this is an interesting thing, and we, we'll have someone on around money as well. Someone in the audience asked me, oh, this, this is a, a room full of Irish people, you know, Irish therapists. Mm. And someone asked him, you know, about his fee. And he goes, well, you know, I'd have a, I'd have a sliding scale. And they go, how, how would that work? Well, you know, people are coming in and, you know, I'm a published author and I got this and I got that. And, and, and people are coming in to me and they're, they're saying they can't afford my fee. And I'm like, oh, well, OK, let's take a look at your finances. And people are like, well, what, what would you do? I was like, well, I'd take a look at their bank statements. And there was just this collective. <gasps> Irish people talking about money like yeah, that. Like, you yeah, yeah. what? And he's like, yeah, man. They're, they're coming into me and they're saying they can't afford to pay me. How do I know they can't afford to pay me? They they got to show me. And <laughs> but it opened up. And this now this was early on. In, in, I don't even know if I was fully qualified at the time. I might have been nearly, or I might have been just. But but that stayed with me, along with another thing that he said. And now he was a psychiatrist. And he he spoke about some some shrink buddy of his, and he goes, you know, this this patient of his came in and go, yo, you're charging me for this, you know, you're saying you're my shrink, you're supposed to care about me, and you're charging me for this, and your man goes, no, 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 he says, my care, you get that for free. What you're paying for is you're paying for my lights, you're paying for my electricity, you're <laughs> paying for my room, but my care, very good, my care, you get for free. Mm. And the problem where a lot of people struggle and why they're not in full-time private practice is they mistake being a caregiver and a fee taker. So they struggle with getting paid for giving care. Okay. I don't struggle. This is my fucking business. This is this is how I pay. Uh, this is how I feed myself. Mm. And I and I treat it like a business. So every time I go to these seminars, conferences, people find out I'm in. Um, I'm in full-time private practice every fucking lunch break every time man is hijacked with someone saying and what do you do and what do you do with this and what do you do with that and what do you do with that and look I, I give them I give them advice and before it would have been like oh here's my number you know give me a shout if I can help and, and I'm happy to help but you know what you get fucking burned yeah yeah because yeah, some yeah. of them well there's, there's for one there's an hour gone there's, there's my lunch break gone 
at a conference or a, a seminar or something mm. and then they might be on the phone to you or then they want to meet up and they're asking you about it and then it's too low motherfucker yeah don't want to know you anymore yeah. God, I've so got now it's I like well, here's, here's the information go do yeah. it and what I'd always say is you got to treat this you got to treat this as a business like, mm. that doesn't mean I don't care and I think anyone that's listened to the podcast they know how much I care about my clients and they know how much I love my job but it is a job mm. you know if you if you call a plumber in and go well this is one this is the work I want done and he goes okay that'll be uh, 360 euros well do you have a sliding scale no I don't have a fucking sliding scale it's 360 <laughs> euros fuck you pay me but Johnny down the road said he could do it well sure get Johnny down the road sir mm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. do you know what I mean yeah, it's funny. I did a job for somebody on the side there recently, but yeah. it was interesting what she said to me. She said, um, uh, she gave me a figure of uh, the job she wanted me to do. And I kind of went, wow, that's a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And she said, no, 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 I'm not paying you for your time. I'm paying you for your experience. Yeah, and I know yeah, what yeah. you can do and how you can do it. And that's what yeah. I want. And yeah. I went, oh, wow, that's nice. <laughs> that's mm. a compliment. You know what yeah. I mean? And a lot of people kind of value um, professionals via time. Oh, sure, yeah, that'll only yeah, take yeah. five minutes. But yeah, it's going to be five yeah, minutes. That's because I've been doing it for the last 20 years. Exactly. I have, a, I have a good anecdote around that. And I'd, one I'd always, and that's one I'd always give to, to trainee therapists and stuff like that. Or, or therapists ask me about being a full-time private practice. Mm. We'll we take the plumbing. We'll take the plumbing analogy there. So you call a plumber in. Your man's in there for six hours. Can't find the problem. He goes, Jess, I don't know. I don't know. Fuck what the problem I don't know. I can't find it. I don't know what the problem is can't fix it you call the other lad in he's in there for five minutes fixes the problem charges you three hundred dollars I say three hundred fucking dollars you're only here for five minutes it was a 30 years of experience mm. that I came in here with to know what the problem was within five minutes when the other lad was in here for six hours and he couldn't fix it mm. so there is time there is experience and that's that's why you know, I have I have the cancellation. That's why I have the cancellation fee. So the amount of times like people have said to me, "Oh, I'm sick, you uh, won't be able to make it today," and I say, "Okay, well, just a reminder of the of the cancellation policy." There's, so there's a contract at the start around the confidentiality and around the, and the cancellation policy. That's mm-hmm. just so just a reminder. You know, as per our initial contract, uh, the fee will apply. Uh, what? What? I said, "Well, yeah." So like you know, forty eight hours notice, and then all of a sudden, miraculously, they're better. <laughs> and the turn, the turn up. Yeah, you know yeah. What I mean? for then, the may as well go. Yeah, yeah, and then and then people then sometimes people get pissed off. They get pissed off then because you know I'll uh, I'll I'll charge them I'll charge them the fee for 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 not turning up or and then they don't come back and they get pissed mm. off because they have to pay the sixty euros. It's like, but so what that is? I mean, if you if you have a fucking hairdresser's appointment, they'll charge you for cancelling. Mm. You know, so why would I value myself, my time and my experience? Yeah. yeah. So particularly in my own example, I, I'll speak from my own experience and other people would be the same. You know, so it's generally with, with therapy, it's the odd kind of hours. They're very antisocial hours because the majority of people are looking to come in after work. So, you know, I could be in in the morning and then I might I'll be back in at night or be in, in the afternoon to night or whatever like that. So well, let, let's say I, I book you in for an appointment and you go, I'm not available in the evening. Um, you know, have you got anything in the morning? So I go, well, okay, all right, sure, I'll see you at, I'll see you at half nine Wednesday morning. And then I, I, I plan around that. And then let's, let's say my friends go, you on for a game of golf. How we fix Wednesday? Can't, I've got a client. So I've got you booked in for half nine. I've, 
already said, okay, I can't bring someone to the hospital or I can't go playing golf with the lads. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've kept that time for you and then you don't turn up. And you're going, yeah, but sir, I didn't turn up, so why should I pay for service? Because that's my time. Yeah, you've held up that, your end of the bargain. Yeah, yeah and that's, that's, that's an appointment then I couldn't give to someone else. So someone mm. else rings up and goes, well, have you got half nine on Wednesday? No, I'm sorry, I can't. I don't. Mm. So someone else misses out on that appointment. Yeah. And then that's, that's, that's me out of pocket. So let's say, you know, somebody's coming into you and they work crazy hours. They might do shift work or whatever. And they go, look, I'm only free at 10 mm. o'clock at night. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say that's too late. You don't do, no, you don't no do late, crazy hours around like that. No, so I, my last appointment is half eight, which means I finish at half nine. Well, that's late enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, you can't fucking function 10 o'clock at night. Mm. I mean, but maybe some people would. Well, I mean, I personally, I personally wouldn't. I'd be no good to a person that thinks that's fucking bedtime, man. <laughs> <laughs> you know, at that point, I'm getting into bed, the bed, getting into bed, and I'm reading a book like at yeah. 10 o'clock at night. Mm. So, somebody comes into you, somebody's new. Mm. And uh, the sit down and the chair or the couch or whatever you have. Then what happens? So first session, we'll say. Mm. Yeah, so first session, so I will go over what, what they can expect. First question I'll ask them, have you been for therapy before? Yes or no? If they say yes, okay. I'll still go through the formalities. I'm mm. going to cover my arse. i got to make sure I've explained confidentiality and all that to them. Um, so I said, well, look, it's been a while. We'll go through it. Some was probably the same some of it might be different so if they haven't been I'll go through everything of, of, of around what to expect with therapy first thing I'll address is confidentiality so almost everything you say in therapy is, is confidential so where you might make the your, your therapist aware of threat to safety so where you're planning on hurting yourself or someone else or where any minors may be at uh, risk of abuse or neglect now what's changed in I think it's probably only the last two years I think it is is that it didn't used to be mandatory to report sexual abuse. Oh, it, it is now, kind of, isn't it? You were, you were advised to, but yeah. now it's mandatory and it's yeah. illegal not to report it. Okay. Now, that comes under the Children First Act. So, there's pros and cons to that. Pros, I mean, the Children's First is about protecting and making sure no other children are at risk mm-hmm. um, of any sort of abuse. Now, the problem with that is if someone comes into me and the underlying issue is that they were sexually abused as a child, they know, well, if I tell him about this, he's going to report it. So they may not come back. How do you deal with that then? Well, you're, you'll always try to encourage the client to report it themselves. So I'm, I'm always fucking delighted when they say, they were abused by such and such and they've been dead for the last 15 years or whatever. Mm. When the person is dead, it's like, grand. Now we can get into the fucking, the nitty gritty of this. You don't need to worry about me reporting this because it tears families apart. Mm-hmm. Someone wants to report it. Let's let's say, you know, the father raped the three daughters. Uh, one of them wants to report it. The other, the other two are going, no, don't fucking report it. That creates a rift in the family. There's a fucking mm-hmm. person ostracised from their family. They're reporting it to Tusla. Tusla are doing fuck all about it because it was 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. What, 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 what I said the statistics were? Something like fucking 4% or something like oh, that? Oh, that there? was the episode with Chris. Conviction rate with yeah, Chris. Yeah. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Um, sexual abuse, yeah. It was yeah. really bad. Yeah. And look, I, I mean, the good. And I've had I've had lots of clients that worked in Tusla. You know, it's, it's a fucking stressful job. Like, you're dealing with a lot of shit. 
and they're good people but it's a broken system mm, that yeah. they're operating with and their priority is well we gotta worry about little Johnny down the road that's currently being sexually yeah. abused or being yeah. fucking battered by his mother or his father or his fucking boat his fucking dead end parents or gearheads like or what what about if in your if you're in a situation where you know that um let's say there's a father abusing a daughter Mm. and there's a young child within that household do you need to report that person in order to protect a child who obviously didn't come in for therapy but the sister had or whatever so you would have to go to tusla and go i've been not aware of this this is the this is the person's name this is the address blah 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 yeah they, they will then will they will then will investigate. Mm. Did did that or does that happen on a regular basis or not regular but often enough. Mm. Um well no not often enough. Now now and again. Yeah. I would certainly usually at any one time I would have one or two people uh with sexual with a history of sexual abuse. And you, you did you have to go to Tusla and go there's a problem here. And no, they, they, they are, there would have been ones where the, the, the parent or the family member was dead or, unfortunately, went to the guards. Not enough evidence. Nothing right. they can do about it. Mm. That's a common one. Yeah, yeah, that's tough. Yeah. yeah and yeah, that's, yeah. that's again, that's not that's not on the cops. The boys are only operating. The evidence isn't there. They can't, mm. they can't go up to the fucking DPP, the, the you know, yeah, and go well. Here's the case, and go. Well, there's not enough evidence. Mm. One one person said something twenty years ago, and what else have you got? Like, yeah, okay. This is this is the problem. This is the flaw. This is the flaw in the system. Like, mm. so I'll address. That's that's the first thing addressed is is the confidentiality. And look, not everyone is going to do what I do. They'll have their own ways. I've gone to therapists, and none of this has been spoken about at all. Mm. So. Okay. Uh, so confidentiality, I'll explain that it's a professional relationship. It's not a friendship. You know, uh, I, I am friendly, but I, I'm not your friend. <laughs> it is a professional relationship and it's bound by ethics and standards. Mm-hmm. And I have to operate under those ethics and standards. Yeah, of course, yeah. So, look, I shy talk on this. I shy talk a lot in general, but I do know what I'm talking about. And I, and I do practice ethically. Mm. And and that could be something... So I had I had an incident recently where a guy came in to me uh, looking for therapy. I was like, okay, yeah, no problem. We'll, you know, when it went through all of this. And then right at the end, literally right at the end of the session, says, oh, I think you saw my son a few years ago. Sorry, I can't see you. It's a conflict of interest. Why? So I, I, I'm not approaching him with a clean slate. Because whereas the son might have been years ago, he might tell me something and in, my, in the back of my head, I'm going, well, that's not what the son told me. Well, what are you not telling me here now? You know, he's not he's not getting me on a clean slate the way any other person is when when they walk in the door. Can you not separate yourself from, let's say, the first version? Well, you probably you could. Got. You probably could. But, uh, you know, the way you would say it is, well, you'll probably be grand. As if to okay. say, well... You know, I could drive down to Mullingar there at 200 miles an hour. I'd probably be grand. Mm. But it's the time and it's not. Yeah, yeah. And let's imagine then that I've I've been working with him for a few months and then something happens and I go, sorry, I can't see you anymore. Mm. There's a conflict of interest. And are there any other occasions where you would have to turn to somebody and say, sorry, can't do it? Yeah, so I've had ones like that, you know, like that, father and son. I've had a, a wife 
come into me. Um, I had someone else contact me for an appointment and uh, her number came up as as an emergency contact for someone else I had seen. So, you know, thing, things like that, mm. you know, okay. and, and, you know, I, I, you know, I try to take those as, as serious as possible because am I, is that client getting 100% of me? And it's again of going, did you though? Is that really what happened? Because mm. your brother, sister, cousin, mother, auntie, she told me a fucking different version. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You okay. know, so it, it it's to avoid things like that. Mm. Or or a dual relationship where you would know the, 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 the client under different circumstances. Would you ever take on friends or family or anything like that? Uh not definitely not family. Look, it Kildare's a small town. Um you know, if I if I turned away every person that I might know to see on the street. Okay. I wouldn't have probably much of a business. Well, no, to see is not a big thing, but... I'd always say to the clients, I've gone, look, I know we're not friends, but I kind of know you to see. Mm. Are you going to be okay with that? Are you going to be okay to come in here and tell me whatever it is and then risk bumping into me down at Tesco's? Mm-hmm. So it's always put on them going, are you going to be okay with this? Yeah. It's okay for me. I don't really know you. I know you to see. So are you going to be okay knowing that I know you fucking cheated on your husband or something okay and yeah. would that affect people like if if somebody's seen a therapist and like that they're in Tesco and they turn around the corner and they see you what would it do to them oh yeah 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 some people it's weird I remember when I was doing my clinical placement and um, I was walking walking on the road in Uber and I seen this uh, actually and this goes back to the money the cancellation thing again uh, this guy um, didn't I, I was an addict didn't didn't show up and this I wasn't getting paid for this this was you know I was in my clinical placement okay. so the service was getting the money he was walking his dog and Main Street in Newbridge I could see him coming from hundreds of fucking feet away and he seen me coming and he, and he got about six feet ahead of me and just turned ahead <laughs> literally turned as, as fucking from face of me turned ahead solid 90 degrees to the right and just walked past yeah. with the dog Right now, part of that being that he owed money, and part of that being well, and this is the thing is that I know very intimate details about people, mm. literally things that people have never told another living soul. Yeah, yeah. But again, it's a professional re- relationship, so exactly they they're not obliged to stop and chat. You're not a neighbor. No, you're not a coworker. I, I always, you can walk straight past them and people, say nothing. Yeah, what I'd always say to people, and this again is in that in that initial intake of. In the event that we bump into each other in public, left entirely up to yourself how you want to handle it. Okay. I won't, I won't initiate the contact, meaning I won't say hello to you first, and the reason being is to protect your privacy. Okay. So, and what I would normally say to people is, so, so let's take, for example, you're walking down the road with a friend of yours, and I go, how's it going, P? That puts yeah. you in a position of, who the fuck's your man? Oh, that's me therapist. Yeah. Or, here, that dude is a therapist. How do you know each other? Exactly. Oh, shit. Exactly. Yeah. So it's about it's about protecting their privacy. What about and even something it's... simple like walking out of your office? Like, mm. you know, are people very kind of hood and dagger about it? Some like people are. and dagger yeah, yeah. Hatter, yeah, yeah. You know? yeah. Some, some people are. Like, I, I've had people travel from miles away to come and see me because, so they wouldn't be seen in their own town. Someone actually started last week Yeah. for that very thing. Because what I will ask, always ask people yeah. in in the intake right at the end is why me? Okay, you know why 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 did you choose me? 
majority of people say oh, I read I read the reviews I read the testimonials um, mm. friend of mine here come to see you stuff like that yeah you were a man I know I've got a lot of issues with men I need to work through um, you're not in the same town mm. majority of people then as well well you're convenient you're local <laughs> Yeah, you know, I was like, "That's okay. My ego can take it. I don't need you to fucking tell me how great I am. I get paid nonetheless." <laughs> I remember actually, Jesus, I had a, had a great, great guy years ago. He was from Roscommon. He used to drive from Roscommon to see me, and and I said to him in the initial uh, in the first session, I said, "Look, I says I think I'm good, but there has to be a, as good between here and Roscommon." And he goes, "No, no." He says, "I read the reviews." I know what I'm getting into and he says and sure if I wouldn't fucking invest that money in my own mental health so what else would I spend it on and he drove he drove to two hours Very he drove good. to two and a half yeah. hours and he used to be in at night time because he used to work Yeah. and he'd be in at fucking half eight or something you know he'd finish work and he'd drive to mm. two hours two and a half hours wherever party he's coming from sometimes the drive can be therapeutic but sometimes you say and I drive home now he so, says yeah. I, I drive the home music, there for the two hours it's a podcast like this I have and, to think uh, about Time what we yourself. were talking about yeah. and he says and, and I'm and I'm grand with that mm. and, he got, and he got crazy you know, I like that yeah he got a lot out of it but that was his thing he's like well why would I mm. not spend that invest that money in myself as a psychotherapist mm. do you give advice do you advise people do you say no you need to go do this and you need to no, go such no, and no, such no, no. no. and this is, this is this is a very common misconception that people have therapy is not about giving advice because what you're trying to do is you're trying to empower the person to make their own decisions because if I'm giving advice they're only doing it and this might be um, something that to do in their entire life they give the power over to someone else to make the decisions in their lives okay and that could be the very one of the very problems that has brought them into therapy in the first place they've been following other people's advice and not listening to themselves mm. well I, I, I was going to dump them but uh, sure, the parents loved them so I stuck with him there for years. Right, okay. You know, and I'm not going to go around but fucking dump him. Yeah. You know, that that's not what I'm there. What, what I say to people is, you know, particularly with the particularly with the teenagers I'd say, I'd say, look, you're probably used to your parents or your teachers. They're the adults you're used to dealing with. Mm. All of them love telling you what to do. I'm here to figure out and to help you figure out what it is that you want to do. Mm-hmm. And that's that's with the adults as well. I've gone, well, my man loved them or this or that. I was like, yeah, but well, what did you want? Oh, I never wanted to get married in the first place. Mm. Okay, right. So you're, you're used to doing what other people want you to do rather than what's right okay. for you. So it's not, it's not about giving advice. Now, look, sometimes people will say, look, I don't know what to do. And I might say, well, have you considered dot, 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 dot. Okay. I'm not telling them what to do. It's like, well, here's an option. Is this yeah, something yeah, there's all you've ever considered? Yeah, yeah. Oh fuck! Just I never even thought. Right. Yeah. You know, think things like that. Mm. And how do you know how long to keep on to somebody? To say you, you're, well, I'm going to need you for six weeks, or are you? No, you'll do two. You need six months. No. Well, what what I normally say to people at the start is, so we meet for eight sessions, starting off. And some people come in shocked. You know, some people come in thinking one or two sessions, and I'm and I'm sorted. How long is that? Uh, a period of? That's only two months, man. That's only eight sessions. So you're talking about one a week? Yeah, once a week, yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, this could, this could be a problem you've had for 20 years. Mm. And, you know, eight sessions isn't going to cover it. But uh, what I'd say to people is give it at least eight sessions. So what happens then, and again, this is all in the spiel I'll give to people at the start. 
so some, you know, after about two sessions, you know, the first couple of sessions, you normally feel pretty good. Mm-hmm. You, you tend to get a bit of symptom relief. But you're not getting, you're not getting down into the deeper stuff. So my, my in, in my head, I internally rub my hands together whenever someone comes in and says, I don't know what I'm going to talk about today. And in my head, I go, now we're fucking talking. Why? Now we're going to drop down a level. Now we're going to get a little bit deeper because we've, we've, we've covered all the surface stuff. I get you. Yeah. You know, that's, that's all, all that fluff at the top is gone now. Right. The now we're getting in, now yeah. we're getting now yeah, now we're getting, the the, now we're getting yeah. down into the deep stuff here. <laughs> and then and always at the end of those and I'll till it'll be a fucking huge session. You know, a really, really heavy session. At the end I'll go huh, You didn't know what you're gonna talk about today. <laughs> and they're like, I know, I didn't know that was in there. And I'm like that that's why in my head I'm going, nice one, here we go. How do you it's get to a, that point? You so as the first couple of sessions you you know, you get rid of the you, you get rid of the topsoil. But what happens then is when you drop down to that deeper level, mm. and this is usually the point that's brought people in in the first place, is that a little bit of resistance arises. So the the, the unconscious can tend to go, fuck that shit, I'm aware. You know, I, I was happy with, with with just all this surface stuff. Mm. That's, that's when I thought I was the problem. Okay. Um, but I presume during that initial digging, mm. you're looking at them going... Anxiety, but oh, I'm yeah, not yeah. going to I mention mean, it to them yet. But you'll be getting that. You'll be getting that in the in the in the first in probably in the first session. I mean, I had I had a client come into me as, as we spoke about reporting there earlier on. I had a client come into me or uh, was looking at uh, looking for CBT. She was adamant she wanted CBT. CBT is cognitive behavioural therapy. Yeah, we must cover Gen- that in another. Yeah, episode. Gen- generally we we cover a little bit in this. Uh, generally, generally kind of seen as a quick fix, mm-hmm. kind of miracle cure. And she's talking to me about CBT, CBT. But she's talking to me about fucking sexual abuse. Being sexually abused by a parent, I think, when she was a child. I'm like, Jesus. That's not a CBT problem. Mm. No, that's all I want. That's all I want. I said, look, you're coming to me. This is what I'm telling you. This is not a CBT problem. And she didn't come back. You know, and that's okay. I, I don't have a problem with that. Mm. You know, you're coming to me and ethically I'm saying to you, CBT is going to do fuck all for this. Mm. This is deep-rooted childhood sexual abuse trauma. Mm. You know, so that that's how I would operate. Some people might go, oh, okay, we'll do, you know, but I will say, look, and, and the thing about therapy, you can do it, you can do it quick or you can do it right. Mm. And sometimes a few sessions might be good enough for someone to just hear what they have to say, hear themselves say it out to me, and that's enough for them. Okay. That's but your... when you get down into that deeper level, and I'll always say, look, depending on the presenting issue. So this goes through before they give me any details. I go through all of this so they know if you tell me something, this is going to be reported. This is mm-hmm. this is something that may be reported, all of that. So they can't turn around and go, oh, here, you, you never fucking told me. I told you at the very start. And... Here, here's the signed contract that, that, that oh, you okay. have acknowledged in that fact so I'd say okay look after a couple of sessions I, I, but I, look I've, I've, I've reamed this off so many times I, w- I will say to clients that you know sometimes when we, when we might be getting to some of the deeper stuff some of the underlying issues a little bit of resistance can arise resistance is a defense mechanism of the psyche mm-hmm. and as much as we don't want to get near anything that's going to cause us physical discomfort we also don't want to get near anything that's going to cause us emotional discomfort 
So the unconscious goes, fuck that shit, I'm out here. And that manifests in sort of two ways then. So one is what's called a flight to health. So what I say to people is, so that's where you come into me after two sessions ago, sort of there now, Alan, you're the, I'm, I'm grand, you're the right lad. And I'll say, I'm not that much of a right lad, unfortunately. <laughs> I'm good, but I'm not that good. <laughs> and the other then is more traditional resistance of this load of shite now. From waste of money, waste of time, I better things to be doing myself. Yeah. So that client that was coming in looking for CBT, she knew deep down her issue was sexual abuse and she didn't want to go there. She just wanted something to paper over the cracks. Exactly. Mm. Absolutely. That's that's exactly what it is. Um, so resistance just means, you know, you're touch- it's usually that you're touching on something substantial. It's like, mm. you know, you cut your arm and you got to clean it out. That fucking shit stings. Mm-hmm. You, know, you put an iodine or an alcohol wipe or something like that. That's that's the shit that stings. But you got to clean it out. Yeah. You know, you got to you got to make you got to get that out of there to fix mm. it properly. So, you know, when you're going in there and as I say, you're cleaning out that wound, that fucking hurts. You know, people yeah. are crying over stuff that might be 30, 40, 50 years old. But it's still that they've there. never dealt with. Yeah. And the fact that they're crying over it means it hasn't been dealt with. Mm. So, you know, you, it isn't uh, It isn't a, what, what angle is that? 45, 45 degree. 45 degree, yeah. yeah. It's not, you're not coming in at the bottom and it's just uh, an, an, an upline trajectory mm. straight up to feeling better. You know, you come in and it's, ebbs and flows right you know, okay. it's like a wave you know you go down you go up you yeah. go down you go up yeah, yeah, yeah. but ultimately you're going up so yeah I know what you mean feeling yeah. worse but getting better yeah 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 yeah. you have to reopen them wounds to yeah to you gotta, you gotta yeah. clean it out you gotta, you gotta clean out that so part. how do you know when somebody is cured they know themselves yeah uh, people, people often ask me that and like say, well, compared to if somebody goes nah I'm fine I'm good to go and I'm happy out thanks very much well, generally you, in those you know, cases, I, I'm like, no, you're not. Mm. And what, what I would usually say in those circumstances is, look, just to remind you, I said, absolutely, look, that's your decision. But just to remind you what we spoke about at the start, about a little bit of resistance. So maybe just ask yourself, and that's not a question you have to answer in the here and now, but maybe just ask yourself, is there something that you don't want to talk about? And I, and I will put it to them. I remember one, one guy I had... Um, uh, and he came in to, like that he came in after four or five sessions he goes ah oh, grander now I said well look let's just give it the eight you know we're, we're dealing with a lot you know there's a lot there and he was coming into me then after 30 odd sessions and he was going Jesus Christ he says I'll never forget you telling me and he said I stuck with it because I remember you saying it to me in the first session and he says I didn't believe the amount of stuff that would that was still to come out wow yeah you know and, and that's it like so someone's telling me sexual abuse and they're coming in for three or four sessions that's mm. you're, you're not nothing like yeah, yeah, you're, you're, yeah you're really not like and that's that's where I have to come in and go and this is where my experience comes in of going this is not a CBD problem mm. this is not two or three sessions and you're, and you're going to be grand mm. now sometimes look again depending on the presenting issue sometimes two or three sessions is enough they just hear themselves and go oh yeah actually I know what I need to do and sometimes those couple of sessions are enough to make them run for the door. Remember, remember one client I had, and she was coming in a lot of lot of problems in the relationship, and came in, and the first session was in bits. It was she was crying her eyes out, and uh, but then she, you know, as she was talking, she was hearing herself going, "I need to get the fuck out of this relationship. This is not good for me. This is not going to be good for my child." 
but uh, I don't want to deal with that, so I'm grand. And that's the flight to held. So she came, she never came back after the second or third session. Okay. Because all she was hearing herself was how much she needs to get out of that relationship. So she wanted to stop hearing herself, effectively. Yeah, so just mm. denial. Yeah. Just going into denial. Actually, yeah, I, I'm not in a position or I don't want to have to go and leave and move out and bring mm. my child, so... Uh, is that I a common the, thing? I just shut the fuck up. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, is it I a common thing where people go, this? Yeah, oh, look, it's the path of least resistance if I just stay with them and 100%. rear the kids or whatever. I don't yeah, want to have yeah, to go yeah. out and get a flat somewhere, buy yeah. a house and look for yeah. another partner or whatever the hell. Yeah. You know, or I'll only get to see the kids at the weekends or I'll have the kids mm. all the time and he'll mm. only have them mm. at the weekends. It's mm. a common thing to say, ah, pff, I'll get over it. Yeah, yeah. And I've had people saying, I'll stay there until the, until the kids have finished school. Mm. And what, what I've said to those people is, no, you won't. And they're like, what do you mean? I say, because you've, you've named that now. So you're aware that you're not happy. And there is, I'm telling you now, there's no way you're going to last 13 years. And what you start to hear then is, they're getting more pissed off. They're getting more pissed off. They're getting more pissed off. Mm. I'll give it till the end of the year. I'll give it till the kids go back to school. Well, because once that's out in the ether, and once they hear that, yeah. I was like, you're not going to last 10 years, you're not going to last 13 years. Because mm. you've named it now. You know you're not happy. And you know you're only staying for the kids. And the reality of it is, and a lot of the re- all the research shows that kids are better off in two happy homes than one unhappy mm. one. True indeed, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's hard to see initially, but long term, it's the best solution. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, that's all good to know because uh, therapy is something we we spoke about, but we didn't speak about the big step to go from I have an issue to mm. I need to mm. find somebody and talk about it and what exactly mm. happens. We kind of brushed over it uh, a few times. So that's good. I think it's going to educate people a little bit more on what to do and how to do it and mm. stay away from your, your dodgy therapist and your yeah, dodgy yeah. counsellors, you know. And look, even even if a person, you know, a person can have all the accreditation they want, they can have all the diplomas, all the degrees, all the masters. But if that relationship isn't there, if that therapeutic relationship isn't there and you don't feel you click with that person, forget about it. Mm. You're at nothing. Because that is what it all comes down to, is that therapeutic relationship. Okay. So we talk about CBT and CBT is seen to be this miracle cure, but it's not. Mm. and you know what all the research shows is it's not about what I do as a therapist but it's about how I am as a therapist so it's not about me using gestalt therapy it's not about me using CBT therapy it's not about me using psychodynamic therapy it's about me me that's using it it's Mm. that relationship it's that therapeutic relationship okay so if you go to a therapist and you're feeling "Eh, this person doesn't get me or this doesn't click find someone else do not write therapy off. And I'd say that to the clients as well. If I don't fit, don't think that therapy doesn't work. Just mm. find someone else that's better suited to you. Now, I, I've, a, I've got a pretty good, I've got a fairly high retention rate. Clients, clients keep coming back because I can develop that rapport. So what do you do if your psychotherapist or your counsellor does something unethical or says something they shouldn't have said or puts you in a well, position look, that makes you feel really uncomfortable? Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, at the end of the day, the therapist is human. So they're not always going to get everything right. But if you have that therapeutic relationship, don't be afraid to say it to them. You know, you mentioned something there last week that, you know, 
you know, that stuck with me or, you know, I didn't like when you said that. Don't be afraid to say that. Now, as I said, they're shy therapists. And if, if you get a shy therapist and they've, they've said or done something highly inappropriate or, you know, something that was made you feel uneasy or, you know, whatever it may be, then then you can you can report them again. The this is and this is the fucking problem. Like this is the problem with it not being regulated by the state. They will generally belong to one of the major uh, regulatory bodies, IACP or IAHIP. So find out who they're accredited with, and you can make a complaint to to that. Depending on the severity, they may have, you know, they may have their accreditation pulled. However, as it stands at the moment. There's nothing to stop them from continuing to practice. Mm-hmm. It just means that they won't be able to say they're a fully accredited member of the IACP or IAHIP. Mm. Um, but obviously that'll that'll hopefully change once Koru get the get the finger out and, and mm. get things in place. So you know, don't be afraid. Don't first of all raise raise the issue with with the therapist. Um, if if that good relationship is there, because they are human, they will make mistakes. And it's always an opportunity to go, well, okay, well, why did what I say trigger that with you? You know, and it's and it's good for self-exploration and it's good for self-awareness. But if there's something else that um has been un- highly unethical or, you know, has been inappropriate or whatever it is, then you can you you can report it. Right, let's leave it there. We really hope you like what you heard. If you do like it, follow us on Facebook. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram. You can follow the hashtag STMH as well. You can get us wherever you get your podcast. Every Tuesday, there's a new podcast. So you can dig it out wherever you're listening to this podcast right now. Big shout out to Fiona Bryan for the podcast music. What a brilliant producer. What a brilliant beat maker. This guy's got more bangers than a second-hand car salesman. I liked it. I liked it. Yeah. Uh, bangers and Kelly Brook. <laughs> bangers and Kelly Brook. Kelly Many Brooks bangers does Kelly Brook have? Oh, she's got two fucking epic ones. <laughs> Fiona has more than two bangers. <laughs> <laughs> are, they, are they as good as Kelly Brooks? That's, yeah, I that's don't the question. Know. Let's put it out there. <laughs> Fiona did the podcast music. He's brilliant. You can get him on FOB Beats on Facebook. Right. Throw you under the bus time, dude. Give us uh, an alternative inspirational quote. Go to therapy. That's not very alternative. Yeah, just go. Just go. Just go. Every every a client said a client said to me today, she says, I think everyone should go to therapy. That was yesterday. And I said, I agree with you. Every okay. everyone should go. I mean, I, I think it should be you should be legally obligated if you're in a position of power to go to therapy. Mm. Imagine if Trump worked through all his fucking mammy and daddy issues. Yeah. <laughs> what he'd be like as a person. And mm. this this is a person with fucking responsibility for people's lives. Yeah, you're right, you're right. Yeah. And, you know, he can carry on with all that shit. Judges, teachers, anyone in a position of power should go to therapy. You need to you need to work through those issues. So you're not you're not doing damage to people. Straight talk mental health. Straight talk mental health. Straight talk mental health. The mind is a terrible.